Hello, this is Angela Barker, as in Angela Barker Tarot. Um, I'm here for my second podcast, and I thought it'd be wise today to sort of tell you a bit about me and a bit about what I've got. And Claude's decided she wants to ask me some questions, so here we go. Well, it's... Tell, tell me about how it all began for you with tarot reading. So, for me... Tarot came about and my gift came about in general because that's more what you're asking about, isn't it? My mm-hmm. gift. Um, as a child, I used to get messages. I used to get visions. I used to get all sorts of stuff coming through. I used to feel the energies of spirits. I used to have lots of... It was a bit scary when I was younger because I used to get lots of um, voices and it felt like I was standing in a pub full of hundreds of people and they were all talking to me at once and um my parents actually thought I was I had a psychological problem how old were you when you started having all this I was pretty young I must have only been about seven or eight for that I must have been quite young because did I you think it remember was it. like dreams or well the visions kind of felt like I was blacking out and having dreams and stuff but the actual the chattering was was dreams at night it, it was when I was in my most calm state that part in between sleep and and being awake you know so it was a bit random but after I went through several doctor's appointments and all sorts of tests and everything um my nan who was a very very wise woman sort of had a really long conversation with me and helped me sort of close it down basically until I got older again, which was when I realised it wasn't something to be scared of, it wasn't something to to close down, it was actually a bit of a gift and I could actually help people with it, which was when I started really opening it up again. So that's and so you've got like a, my, a heritage in your family. Yeah, then, yeah. I mean my 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 gran was my nan was definitely when you trace back through her history, she came from um Irish gypsies who came over to Scotland in the potato famine and then somehow my nan's family ended up in Portsmouth and there's a long history there of Irish gypsies and all sorts of travellers on my nan's side so there was definitely gifts through my through my heritage in that way and then as I as I started really opening up and stuff and I'd always had tarot cards and things I had I went on um a few workshops just to hone hone my gift I suppose. So did you kind and of just be drawn to tarot cards or I was well I was drawn to hundreds of things to be honest herbs crystals tarot there was there's there's so much that I've learned over the years and it started off from being a child until you know until now I've just constantly learned and I don't think you ever stop learning. I think you constantly learn. So yeah. So you did so workshops. You did a workshop. And I what, did a few workshops. Did a few workshops. What? Because there's book with tarot. And there's... Yeah, there's a very different way of doing things, and the workshops I was on, although they were great, and they kind of got me to, sort of, before before I went on the workshops, my tarot cards were all over the place and. 
they weren't really putting anything in real order. There was just stuff coming to me and coming to me and coming to me. And trying to structure it out was quite iffy, in a way. It was quite difficult. So trying to structure it out, it was... I felt it difficult. And literally, after the workshops, it kind of structured it out for me and it kind of helped me just kind of put it in order, really, and put it in a place... Um, the workshops I went on was was quite book read tarot, to be honest. But <clears throat> but the there was one workshop where we were sort of told to use our intuition, and I remember sitting across from this lady, and you know I'd already been practicing with the tarot on friends and family anyway, and I remember sitting across from this lady and just giving her a full reading and not looking at her once and then looking up and she was just crying and she was like I can't believe you've got so much from from what you've been telling me you know and you've not even looked at the book and I was like well I don't feel the book's part of who I am I feel it needs to come through intuitively and then not telling you too much about the reading but we had a conversation about it and you know it seemed to really help her so yeah what's the next question Claudine West um so tell me more about so so when you pick cards or someone picks cards you've got different sets of cards and packs and yeah what do you see in these cards so it's not well physically i always say i always i always say to people um i see different pictures in the cards because i get different visions from them i get different feelings from them i also connect up to people's spirit guides and i get words of wisdom from spirit guides and if if you actually speak directly to your spirit guides sometimes they're not always clear and they come through a bit ridley so you have to kind of work that out as well and then I do get spirits come through from people that have passed as well so there's a lot going on when you read a tarot card it's not just about the the physical having the cards in front of you and just you know saying what you see you've got loads of messages coming through you've got your spirit guides there you've got the other person's spirit guides there i've then got actual spirits from people that have passed there um my nan comes through quite a lot which is really really nice i love my nan being there when i'm doing tarot readings and she quite often tells me off if i ever swear in a reading <laughs> which is quite funny um but you know that's great so so we've got like your tag one of your taglines is guided by spirit so yeah. you, you don't really advertise yourself directly as a psychic medium even though no you have connection to spirit and psychic yes why is that well i think out there there's a lot of people out there that that say they're mediums and you know you can sit down in front of them and they'll sit there and say oh i've got a i've got a c i've got someone with a c and you know it kind of feels like they're pulling stuff out of thin air for me it's not like that i don't kind of you can't control the spirits, you can't control who's coming through, you can't control what's happening and when it's happening. If if a spirit chooses to come through, they're going to come through regardless of who they are or when they are. I've had some most random spirits come through with people um, and it's just a bit random sometimes. But, you know, quite a lot of the time I do get spirits coming through that are connected to the person totally and... It does help people, but I wouldn't necessarily call that mediumship because I think with certain elements of mediumship, 
some mediums can actually pull spirits through and pull the people through that you actually want them to come through. With me, it doesn't work like that. I don't want to get a spirit to come through that doesn't necessarily want to come through. I'd rather them want to be there and want to talk to you. So that's why I don't class myself as a psychic medium. So what about um, cold reading versus real psychic reading? What are your thoughts on cold readers that <sighs> possibly ruin the reputation of genuine? Yeah. Um, I always say to people, people always say to me at the end of every reading, oh, when do you think I should come back again? And I always say to them, come back when you feel ready. Because you know when you want another reading. And one of those things is, and I will get on to the, the answer for that in a minute, there is a point to this. Um, the reason why I say that is because if you came back every month, things may not have changed in your life. You may not have, you may have stagnated. So I'm going to be telling you exactly the same thing as what I told you a month ago. So what's the point in you coming back exactly a month later with nothing new to tell me, nothing new to be in your cards? And I think with cold readers and fake mediums and tarot readers, which there are there are fake ones out there, you know, don't get me wrong, not everybody is truthful, not everybody is honest. Um, I think there is people that cold read and I think it's at that point when you need to notice little subtleties of what they're doing and what they're doing. And I think it gives us a, us real tarot readers a bad name, you know. But then there is also the other factor that you don't always connect. You know, not everybody connects to the, the tarot reader. Not everybody connects to the way that they're reading. Not everybody connects to the person. The tarot reader doesn't always connect to the person sitting opposite. And... I've had it a couple of times where I've not connected to somebody sitting opposite me and I've sat there and said, look, I'm not I'm not connecting to you, you're not open enough. And sometimes it takes you as a person to actually sit there and be open with them. I've had quite a few people that turn up and try to test me and try to get stuff out of me that they didn't think anybody else knew. And, you know, I've had a lot of conversions that way, to be honest, a lot of sceptics that have sat down and gone away and you know, come back at a later date and just said, yeah, you you know, you were spot on. And I, I think that's, that is one of my biggest things that I'm happy with, that I do get people who's sceptics that do come and try and test me, you know, and they do walk away feeling happy and like they've had a good reading and they feel better about their life a little bit. And I think sometimes that's what needs to be done. It needs to be done in a truthful way and an honest way and I'm always honest and I'm always truthful with what I'm seeing. And if there's something bad in those cards that they need to know, then I'm going to say it. But I think that needs to be done. So people have this misconception about that if you draw the death card, which doesn't actually book really mean it means new beginnings, doesn't it? The actual death. In, in the book, yeah. I mean, that's the only the real book. tarot card that I know out of the book. And that's just purely because when you turn the death card over people tend to get quite scared they tend to not <laughs> they tend to think somebody's going to die in their life as soon as you turn the death card over and it's either it's either the end of something old or new beginnings or something it means in the book um i mean should but be... i think we need to i think we need to realize with the book the book's by, been written by somebody you know somebody's had to write 
what those cards are supposed to mean in that book. And because it's been going around for so long, everybody thinks that's the correct and accurate writings of every single card. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're right, but it doesn't mean they're wrong either. And I think it does take a bit of intuition with a good tarot reader. I think all good tarot readers have a little bit of intuition to know what those cards are trying to say. And whether they're book read or not, I think they still have to put a little bit of their own intuition in and know what's going on with those cards to be able to give you a good tarot reading. So the controversial question, should people be told when you see them, if, if you see death? No. Definitely not. That's a totally immoral thing. Um, I wholly believe that if you tell somebody when they're going to die or when somebody close to them is going to die, then they're going to change the way they're going to behave. You know, they'll either, if it's themselves, they'll either lock themselves away and never leave the house to try and avoid it or they'll go out and you know, go absolutely crazy and spend all their money within a couple of months, you know, and it's not good. It's not good. Or they'll start treating the person who's going to die a different way and that's not the way life should work. I think that's totally immoral for any tarot reader or any medium to sell somebody when they're going to die. Do you find it a burden if you see something like that and you know you've really... Well, of course. Of course, because... You know, when you see stuff in people's cards and you see when they're going to die, you you have to have a bit of a poker face, really. Mm. Because, and that's really hard for me because my face is quite expressional. Expressional. Is that even a word? No. <laughs> um. You can tell by the expressions on my face sometimes. But, but with that, I've I've really trained my face not to show any emotion at all when I see something like that. I mean, what what are the kind of most common questions you get from clients? Is it, is it things like... Love life. Love life, money, Love jobs? life. Love life is the biggest question I get um, about if they're going to find somebody, when they're going to find somebody, what they're like, um, you know, how long they're going to be together, if they're going to have children. That is the biggest question I get. It's always about the love life. If their relationship's okay, if their partner's cheating on them. Wow. So, moving on to... I mean, I'm really interested in ghosts and spirits and um, it always intrigues me. And I kind of personally I sense things mm. and I've seen things. For you, mm. tell me about seeing spirits. Okay, well, first things first, I actually had a bit of a bad experience so I've actually blocked off seeing spirits now I'm not going to go into that experience because it's quite personal to somebody so I've actually blocked off seeing spirits now because it was actually a pretty scary thing to see um and it used to annoy me a little bit when I used to get out of bed in the middle of the night and all of a sudden there'd be a spirit standing on the the landing and when you're half asleep and you're not expecting somebody in your house it was a bit scary it used to make you jump it used to make you jump quite a lot when you had a big burly bloke standing on your hallway so I don't really see spirits anymore but when I did you know they they came through in all different all different guises some of them were 
were kind of solidish. Some of them were kind of slightly see-through. Some of them came through as energies. Um, you know, they were just well, different like colours. Or... Yeah. Some of them were just pure coloured energies. And it it was just... Sometimes it's hard to explain to somebody that's never seen a spirit what a spirit looks like. And if you imagine how much energy it takes for a spirit to actually get to that place where they're going to show themselves to you, it's going to take so much energy. But for them to actually talk to you as well, you've kind of got to be up to a higher energy anyway to get to get that connection. So it's difficult. So tell me about house cleansers. House cleansers? Mm. So, as in me doing house yeah, cleanses. Yeah, we're not talking about cleaning. We're talking about house cleanses. Because <laughs> I don't clean. No, no. <laughs> um, so, house cleansing. Um, so, in terms of a house cleanse, when I go in a house into a house where spirits are creating a bit of an issue for the owners... So, people contact you. People contact me and they say, I've got a bit of an issue in my house. This spirit's creating issues and doing these bits and bobs and it, it's not good do you get people that are skeptics yes go, i need some help but i'm really embarrassed yes. i don't believe in it yes okay yes so tell me about that then. um so i go into the house and as soon as you walk in the as soon as you start walking towards the door you start sensing that there's a spirit inside now Personally, I've never come up against a poltergeist. I don't believe there is such a thing as poltergeist. I think there's spirits that are angry and some spirits that are really, really confused and they don't know where they are and they've not fully passed through. So my job when I go to a house cleanse is to help the spirits either fully pass through or move on to somewhere else, you know, move on to their next lives. So I go in there with an intention to get the spirits to go to where they need to go, not necessarily get rid of them, but to go where they need to go and to help the spirits. And obviously by doing that, it's then helping the people that are in the house that are having issues with the spirits anyway. So at the point of death, mm-hmm. do you get spirits before the body dies? Do you get spirits at the point of death? What are your experience, you know, some of your experiences So. That? Going into confidential detail. <laughs> yeah, there's there's been a lot of questions. As my gifts got bigger and bigger, I've been asking more, more and more questions from up above about what happens when we die and what, what goes on. And the most I can tell people is that when people are having long drawn-out illnesses, there's times when their their soul does kind of leave the body and start testing the waters about where they're going to go to um, and then they come back again and try it again and you know so by the time they pass over they're ready to go but there's definitely as well when when we die there's it's kind of like a reunion there's people on the other side waiting for that person to to pass over to go and see them again and to help them through that transition period of passing over from physical to to spirit and back to soul level you know and getting all those learnings and all those teachings and holding on to them as a soul level so when you've got like effectively a haunting where a spirit won't leave a house yeah do you have to have like a chitty chat and go look 
But if they've done something bad and they want to remain on this plane, I mean, do you have to have a little? Yeah, you have to try. You have to convince them that that once they've got through that process, they're going to be okay. They're going to be able to see all their their long lost family. They're going to be able to spend time with them again. They're going to be able to pass on to that next realm. And then even possibly pass on to a new life where they can make it a better life. But it was learnings that they had to... It was learnings they had to learn, basically. It was lessons they had to learn, should I say. Because we've both had so, past life regression, regression yeah. um, by Lynn Griffin. Fantastic. Yeah, um, she is pretty amazing. And it really has been an insight into our own present lives. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's another story. That's another... That's a whole other, other story, another. Claude. We don't want to go into that right now. But yeah, it's definitely a, a spirit, you know, a soul choosing itself to mm. go into that life, mm. to like, learn lessons or to Definitely. Evolve. And you have soul contracts with people mm. as well. And we are going into a whole other podcast no, now, aren't yeah, we? We'll do that in the next podcast. We'll do that in another, another podcast. But yeah, we'll talk about past lives in another podcast at some point. So I think um, to, to kind of wind this one up, um, non-believers, uh, ridicule, what, what are your thoughts? Well, non-believers that ridicule, I just Darren think... Brown. I just think, I just think their, their mind must be in a very small place to try and ridicule and non-believe and you know it's not always to be that closed off and believe that there's nothing else out there there's nothing else around us when we know the trees talk to each other we know when you get that funny feeling in your belly you know you can't tell me that those people don't get those feelings but they just look for a scientific proof as to what's there I mean, do you think like each to their own beliefs for not there? Yeah, to... totally. You know, if somebody don't believe them, that's their their problem. And I mean, I've actually got problem. it is their problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, I apologise for the cough. Um, but it is their problem, isn't it? Because they're obviously so closed off to there being anything else other than what they've got in their life at that moment. That's maybe all what they want. You know, and that's the, just... We all end all. But in the next life, they might be the most spiritual person in the world. Mm. Because it might be this lesson that they're needing to learn right now. Yeah. And well, they'll find out when they die, won't they? So yeah, there's like that, that age-old argument that I always had with one of our friends that, you know, I'm in a win-win situation because when they die... <laughs> They're either going to come through to me as spirit or I'm going to win because there's going to be nothing there anyway. But <laughs> it's an age-old question. But, you know, I, I know I'm in the right. I know this isn't me being crazy when I speak to spirits and get people coming through. You know, And, and a, lot of my, a lot of my customers that come to me know that I'm not pulling their leg because I can't explain somebody's father or somebody's granddad without them... And it's not like you're hunting them down on Facebook and trying to find information out. No, I mean, most people that ring me, when I get a phone call, I just take their first name. I don't even take the last name. Mm. I just take the first name. And, you know, there's no possible way I can know who's going to walk through my door at any one time Mm. with that. I've always got security measures in place. Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) because of that reason. (laughs) But, you know, it's... 
it, it's got to be it's got to be that way because if you start i think if you start allowing as well with facebook and things like that social media people put up what people want you to see they don't put up all the nitty gritty of your life they only some put up what do. they want i know but it gets a bit much like yeah. that doesn't it but i think most people only put up this perceived version of what they want people to see in their yeah. lives you know most people will put up the good and the the lovely side of themselves and they won't ever put the the bad stuff that happens in their life up mm. because they don't want people to know about it mm. so there's no real point in searching on social media because you're not going to find anything really you're never going to find the truth from somebody are you no not that i would ever do that because i don't see the point in that no you don't need i to. prefer people when they come to me when when i don't know anything about them at all yeah. So and and I think I mean I don't listen to the conversations that when you have clients from no them, no but you do kind of sense when they come to the front door they they've got the weight of the world on the shoulders and when they leave they've they've either had a good cry or they've they've got some kind of motivation to go and do something different or they feel that they've you know something's kind of clarified mm. been clarified with them mm. and I think that's a really really good thing it's like kind of psychic counselling. Because <laughs> you do, you doing um like is it spiritual development training for people as well? And yeah, magical? one to one. I've started to do some magical spiritual development coaching and training one to ones now. So, um, I feel it's time to start handing down some of my knowledge and some of my training to get people to the place where they're feeling good. Mm. <coughs> yeah. So. So, you know, I think it's time to do that. And there's there's a fair few women that are coming to me at the moment that keep asking for me to teach them. So I mean, I've decided well, to your, go and teach them. What's your kind of ratio of male to female or non-binary? Well, it's really Is surprising, it? actually, because there's more there's more men that are opening up to the spiritual realm lately. And where it used to be, I would say it used to be a good 90 to 10% female... I'd say that's gone down to about 60 to 40% now. Mm. I would say 40% of my customers are male now. Mm. And I think as we go on in, in life, I think the world is getting more spiritual and more aware and more alive. Really. Do you think like, social media is having an impact with the pressure it puts on people to have an ideal existence? Oh, totally. I think people get so stressed and worried about what the Joneses are doing and you know what they're doing in their life in general that i think sometimes they they put that pressure on their own shoulders and they don't realize that if somebody's going to be better than you then that's your own perception of somebody being better than you it's not you being thinking that they're better than you that's you allowing them to believe that they're better than you i think there's a very true saying about if you continue to do the same thing the same way you'll always get the same result yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there that think that things are just going to fall on the lap, and it's not. I mean, one of one of mine and Claude's dreams are to um, get a retreat going in Somerset, and part of getting to that space, sitting around and doing nothing about it, is not going to get us there. The universe will only do so much. Um, with law of attraction. With law of attraction and things like that. However, if you don't start putting it out there and you don't start doing little bits and learning things that are going to help you on that retreat and help you in that space then 
you're never going to get there anyway. Mm. So I think sometimes it's all, it's great using law of attraction and knowing that you're going to get there. And it does give you the motivation to get on and do things and to get there. But for the retreat, I mean, we've already drawn the plans out. We've already got the the potential site, haven't we? We've already found mm-hmm. a place that we want to go to. We've already started looking for um, the types of log cabins mm. and hot tubs and things that we want. And and I'm going to be going to volunteer in a heritage garden soon, which I'm hoping would actually help me when I'm on the retreat because I'll get my hands dirty and I'll get my hands in amongst the, the dirt and start well, doing stuff. And, and, skills and... and off the back of that, it's also helping out a heritage site that, that needs help at the moment because they, they've got a shortage of gardeners. So mm. it's going to, you know, all this stuff is... It's going to help on the retreat. And I mean, with Claude's job, she's doing part of a degree at the moment that will help out on the retreat. Mm. So we're doing stuff to push towards that end goal. And then and then there'll be other goals. You've always got to set yourself goals and you've always got to live for your dreams and, and push for your dreams. But you've got to have a certain realisation that unless you do something now, the future's not going to come. Yeah. And on true. that note... I think we'll end it. So thank you for listening. And if you do have any questions, please just email me or text me or drop a line on Facebook or Twitter. Or via this. Or via this. I think you can do it as well. So hopefully we shall speak to you all soon. Thank you very much.